Life has come to a sudden halt, and it feels like much more than just an interruption. So how can we let God use this moment to help us grow? Hey everyone, it's Karen G. from Tower Hills Communications team. Thanks for listening into our weekly message. We hope this podcast gives you answers and helps you dig deeper in your faith. And if you like this message, please share it with a friend. This week, we're kicking off a new sermon series called The Great Disruption. So let's kick it off to Pastor Jason Tucker right now. Today we're talking about what it means, what it means that God created us for a purpose. And in the midst of this entire pandemic, we're calling this the great disruption. How every part of our lives has pretty much been impacted by this disruption of lockdown and coronavirus and everything that's happened. Uh, Even if some things have stayed the same, there's so many things that have changed and been impacted. I mean, yesterday uh, we were just talking about this, you know, it's been... 10 Sundays of this, and it's been a long time, and so many things are going on, but with the weather getting nicer here in New Jersey, it definitely felt a little less like lockdown time, because our family was out, we were outside enjoying some time together, and then we had to stop by the pharmacy to grab something, and I remembered, oh yeah, wait a second, I got to put on my mask, and I think, you know, we're all, part of this disruption is, we're getting used to life with masks on, right? I remember when people first were starting to wear masks, it was really creeping me out. I started getting nervous about the pandemic. And then when my wife and I had COVID-19 and we recovered at the end of March, early April, we're like, great, we don't have to wear masks. And then like a day later uh, in the whole state, there's like, yeah, you got to wear masks to go into any store. Like, Darn it. But we've been, it's impacted our lives so much, just how we interact with each other. You can't tell really if somebody's smiling when they're walking the dog, walking by you. It's changed a lot of things. And then, of course, we've all probably become accustomed to Zoom fatigue, which uh, I know. Zoom fatigue's a thing. I'm just saying, whether you're a student, whether you're using it for work, it's, and they actually did a, a paper on this talking about how it's hard to read social cues. So our brain's working extra hard to read people's emotions and reading social cues as we speak. And it's giving us fatigue. And it's like head down on the desk. Then, of course, the grocery store is a different experience, isn't it? Going to go food shopping is something uh, completely different. It's like, you know, I don't know how we're social distancing with, you know, we got the little tape on the floor and we have to keep our social distance, but how come 150 people just cut me off and walk right by me? I don't know. But it has changed our experience of our day-to-day life. There's also been a time, as, as horrible as this time is, there's also been some levity One of my favorite memes around the internet was this one. It's like Oprah said, you get homeschool and you get homeschool. Everyone gets homeschool. And (laughs) it has been tough. It's tough on the kids. It's tough on the parents. It's been a real difficult time. And in some way, all of this, I mean, it's good. It's good to have a little humor, right? But it's in all of this, I think there's a question just beneath the surface that we're all asking on one level or another, and that's this. Is this an interruption or is this a disruption? In other words, did we just hit the pause button on life for a while? And then after how many weeks are over, we just hit play and it just resumes where it was? 
I don't know. In some ways, we hope that's the case, right? We want to get back together in physical gatherings. We want to meet with the people that we love and care about. But what's fascinating to me is that before this thing started, what's the number one thing people would say when you asked how they're doing? It would go something like this. Okay, you play you. I'll play me. It's great. We were born for this part. And you ask me how I'm doing. And I'll say this. Good. Just super busy. Busy, busy, busy. And, and then I'd start rattling off all the things I'm busy with. You know, like I'm just getting slammed at work. And, you know, we got travel sports. Uh, we're on 15 different teams. And we're traveling to Texas tomorrow. You know, like crazy, crazy busy. I hope that when this is over, I don't go back to that version of life. Because it wasn't healthy. It wasn't good. As horrible as this has been, there have been some silver linings. Many of you, you've been working from home. You're used to commuting to New York City. How's that going for you? You're loving it, aren't you? Or what about the time that you're getting to spend with family? Getting to spend with the people who are in your household together? Man, I hope I don't go back to being so busy that I'm missing this really important stuff. Is this an interruption or is this a disruption? Is it a new thing? I think maybe uh, it's a little bit like road construction. You know, this is, this is the time of year where you start seeing a lot of road construction. Let's say I go the same way to work every day. And I hit the road construction and they send me on a detour to go around. Now, if it's a detour, I know, like, this isn't like my new way to work now. This is just a temporary way until they're done and they open up the road and I can presume, resume the old way. That's what I want. That's what I know. Can't wait for the old way to come back. That would be, I would say, seeing this thing as an interruption. It's just a temporary detour, but we're all going to come back and it's going to be all good and we're going to go back to the old way. Or is it a disruption no, 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 they built a new bypass. They built a new road, a new highway. It's faster, it's safer, it's smoother. You don't know this way yet, but it's better than the old way. This is a disruption. You're not going back to the same old path. This is a new path that you're meant to take. And, uh, you know, I remember growing up in the Poconos when I was a teenager, uh, they had built a brand new road like this uh, to get basically to the center of town where we needed to go. And I remember my dad used to always take the old way. He would take the old road that had all these potholes. It was a mess. And it was 15 minutes longer to take the old way. And finally, listen, as a teenager, teenagers just kind of speak their minds a little bit. I said, Dad, why are you going this way? There's a reason they built that road. This is terrible. It's like, it's hard on the car. I, I feel hubcaps are coming off every time we're on this road. And it takes longer. Why are we going this way? And what, you know what he said? Because this is the way I go. The gravitational pull in our lives is we'd rather just go the way that we go. Let's go the way that we know. Why? Because we know that way. I don't know this new way. So I just want to keep on maintaining in this way. But here's the problem with that. Spiritually, when it comes to our faith, God is a God of disruption more than he's a God of interruption. We see this even in our scripture today. As we look at the story of the calling of the first disciples, this is from Luke chapter 5. 
and we're going to read verses 1 through 11. Here's this moment of faith taking a new road with the disciples. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. You ever just kind of stop and think about this moment for a sec? Jesus commandeered a boat that wasn't his <laughs> to take it to use uh, to continue teaching. And then, he asked, and then he asked Peter, the owner of the boat, to do something for him. Put out a little bit from shore. Like, who, who are you? What are you doing? Why? Anyway, he does it. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, a.k.a. Peter, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Notice, he asked a little bit more of him once he complied. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Can you imagine this guy like, all right, carpenter, we kind of do this for a living. We didn't have any luck out here. Like, I wonder how, if there was any level of annoyance in that. But he does, he listens. In fact, he says this, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. Because you say so. I think what we don't get here is like, was it sarcastic, like, because you say so? Or was it because you say so? There's some element of faith, probably the latter. I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. And said, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Here's the thing that Jesus does with alarming regularity in our lives. Jesus disrupts our plans. He disrupts our plans. At some point in your life, probably many points in your life, Jesus gets in the boat. And he asks something of you. Now, we can disagree. I'm sure Simon Peter could have said, no, thank you. No, let me go help finish washing the nets. But he... He disrupts our plans. He disrupted their plans to wash their nets and prepare for the next catch. He disrupted them. And he called them to a new course of action, somewhere that they hadn't been, a new road, right, from now on. In other words, now this is a new road I'm taking you on. You're not going back to the old road. From now on, you're going to be doing something else with your life. From now on, everything that you knew it's going to be altered. This is a disruption. I'm calling you to something else. That calling to be fishers of people. A new calling, a new path. Don't you ever wonder, did the disciples at some point, 
After everything went down, did they think, man, I wish, wish I just would have stayed a fisherman? I don't think so. Imagine what they experienced. They experienced something so incredible, so world-changing, so life-changing, that they were willing to give their lives. They were willing to give their lives for the sake of it. I don't think they would have went back. I often think about the call in my own life. In fact, uh, many of you know my story. I was training to go to medical school, and I was preparing to do that. I had everything I did prior to college was all about getting into medical school. So I was, it felt like I was building my resume since third grade, right? Just because that was my whole life's goal was to get there. And then that summer between freshman and sophomore year of college, I went to that summer camp and I came to know Jesus in the context of ministering with kids and it changed everything. It was this huge disruption that set me on a new road. Was that road easier? No. No, it was not. Would I ever go back and change that decision to follow the call of Jesus Christ? No. Never. You see, we don't realize it at the time what God is doing, but this new road that he sets us on, the from now on road, is better than the plans that we had for ourselves. And this, you know, when we look at it, it's really about Jesus disrupting our plans in order to show us our purpose. When it comes to the joy that you get in your life, the fulfillment, the wholeness, the completeness that you have, nothing beats purpose. Nothing. And when you figure out what you've been put on this earth to do, it changes everything. This is exactly what Jesus gives us in exchange for the disruption. Jesus disrupts our plans in order to show us our purpose. And this is God's MO, right? This is what God does throughout Scripture. Why wouldn't he do it with us? He did it constantly in Scripture. When you look at any of the characters that he spoke to and interacted with, right? Noah, Abraham, Moses, Esther, Samuel, Mary, Paul, so many others. Most of them didn't like the disruption, they, they, they were being put on a road that they had no idea how to take. In some ways, the disruption is a little bit annoying and frustrating. But we need to come to it as because you said so people. Like maybe we don't understand this disruption and what you're doing in us, Lord, but we have to trust that what you're doing is better than anything else that we could do on our own. You see, also for these Characters, they didn't realize until later that it was the biggest blessing of their lives. And it wasn't even close. I think there's actually a theological reason why this is true. If we believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, then there is no greater blessing. The greatest blessing we can ever receive is Jesus. Why? Because when we receive Jesus... When we say yes to him, when he gets in our boat and he tells us to do something and we say yes, we are receiving life itself. No wonder it feels so good. And Jesus has a perfect record. Listen, I, I have been part of 100% of the bad decisions I've ever made. 
But every decision that God has called me to has led me to a place of blessing. Here's the thing, and I I hope that this is what you hear this morning. Jesus disrupts our plans in order to fill our nets. He just may be filling them in a way that you weren't expecting. I think sometimes we, we hear lines like this and we think, what does that really mean? How is he going to fill my net? With cash. <laughs> I mean, listen, on some level we all kind of go there, right? It, that, it just means we're going to get more. We're going to have more. We're going to be blessed with more. That's not exactly how God works all the time, is it? Now, he may bless you financially, praise God if he does, but he cares more about blessing your heart. He wants you to experience the life that he came to give you in its fullness and everything that that means. He disrupts our plans in order to fill our nets. He also he disrupts our plans in order to show us our purpose, but in the end, it's our choice to pursue it. How many times have we said no to the Jesus who's right there in our boats telling us what's going to work? Like, no. And I think we do that because we like to feel like we're in control, right? That's why we make plans. I don't think it's wrong to make plans, but I think Jesus course corrects our plans to be what they were always supposed to be, and our humanness kind of got it wrong. It doesn't mean fully wrong. But our humanness is not perfect, and God is. And so we have to trust that he's going to call us to be exactly where we're supposed to be, doing exactly what we've been called to do. We have to pursue it. And this may have nothing to do, incidentally, with your job, because that's the first thing that a lot of people go to, like, oh, what are you telling me? I got to, and that's why everybody gets really nervous. You're telling me I got to do something? No, it may not have anything to do with your job. probably doesn't. You probably already are right where God wants you in that respect. Who knows? Maybe not. But this is about something deeper. This is about a life purpose that he's calling you to. A from now on moment that's going to be different. A new road as a result of the disruption. Will we have the kind of faith to take it? Will we be able, like Peter, to say, because you say so, I will. I don't know how this thing is going to end. I don't really get it. I'm much more comfortable with the old road. But I trust you, Jesus. I trust you enough to say, even though I don't understand it, I may not even like it. Because you say so, I'm going to do it. Now, what does all of this have to do with this moment in our lives? I want to ask you a question. What if God could leverage this moment of disruption? What if he could leverage it to take you on a road that you're supposed to be on that you never would have gotten to had he not climbed into your boat? What if this disruption is just the time we need to hear the voice that's been calling us maybe for years to let down our nets and we haven't? For years to take a new road and we haven't? What if this time, what if there's a silver lining in the midst of this That we can go all in with what God is calling us to do. What if that were possible? Jesus may be in the boat right now. 
asking something of you. What will you say? What will you say this day to what he's calling you to do? Listen, the gospel itself is disruptive. It breaks sin and death and gives us life and purpose and hope. Maybe this, in the end, can be a great disruption. Amen. Well, as we invite the band to come back up this morning, I want to offer us a prayer as we go into this next new day and new week. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for everything, for the road that you have called us on, and I pray that you would give us the the faith that it takes to take it. Let us not fall into old patterns or old roads that may be more familiar, but they aren't going to bring us the life that you've promised. They're not going to bring us the joy and the blessing. Help us to discover and to follow our purpose, to pursue it with energy and passion and love and gratitude. Let this time be not just an interruption. Let us be different. Let us be different people, more faithful people when everything comes back. We pray this this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen.